to Today in Sports Betting for Monday, November 7th, the busiest day in the entire year for sporting events. I'm your host, Doug Reed, and as always, you can find me at Doug underscore Reed 34 on Twitter. That's Doug underscore R-E-I-D. 3-4 on Twitter. And as always, this is Sports Ethos presentation. If you haven't checked this out already, I recommend you go to sportsethos.com. You can see our list of articles, podcasts, lots of free information there. Uh, also, uh, very, very reasonable subscription prices, whether you're into fantasy sports, fantasy basketball, fantasy uh, football this time of year, or wagering. I'm part of the wagering group. You can get our uh, wager pass for $9.99 a month, which is a steal for the amount of content you get in that. Our football team has been doing fantastic in the NFL. Uh, starting up college basketball tonight, our NBA team has been doing reasonable. Baseball did well during the summer. Uh, so lots of content there, reasonably priced packages, but check us out at sportsethos.com. Uh, before I get started, though, uh, one of our partners here at Thrive Fantasy is someone I think you should check out too. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app. Or you go to Thrive, Thrive that's T-H-R-I-V-E, fantasy.com. When you sign up, use the code ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S, to get 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit or uh, up for your first deposit up to $100, plus two or four free game tickets to play. Basically, you pick the player props and the biggest names playing every night, score points when those props hits, and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize. Um, and you can check out our DS. Our DFS, uh, Sports Ethos DFS team for basketball as well. You can check out our DFS football podcast. Uh, lots of information for daily fantasy sports, um, as well as wagering angles that can help you at Thrive. So if you haven't already, check out Thrive.com. And when you sign up, use the code ETHOS uh, to get a deposit match bonus. So let's get right into it. I said earlier it's the busiest night in sports, and that is because college basketball starts tonight, which is probably my favorite sport to wager on handicap throughout the year. Uh, hundred, I think I saw 199 games. I'm not sure if that's completely accurate. That might include a bunch of uh, non-D1 schools. I know there's about 150 D1 teams playing tonight, uh, 150 games involving D1 teams tonight. So, obviously, I'm not going to go into every game where we'd be here for about six hours. Um, but I will hit on a few that I like and scroll through the board and some leans as well. But we're going to start off uh, with the NFL tonight. And we've got Baltimore in New Orleans play the Ravens. Uh, pardon me, to play the Saints. Ravens come in at 5-3. and three. Uh, They've won two straight, but they are banged up. Um, quite banged up, actually. Obviously, they're going to be re- relying on Lamar Jackson and his legs, um, which are going to have to get them through this game because Mark Andrews, their wide receiver, or their tight ends out. Uh, Rashad Bateman, their number one wide receiver right now is out, uh, and they are really struggling. They go into New Orleans to play the Saints, who are 3-5. and five. The Saints are 2-3 and three at home, and they're a little bit beat up as well. However, they do have Alvin Kamara um, playing much better. And if anything, I would be looking to maybe a couple Kamara props. So the Ravens are favored by one, minus one and a half. Uh, I would be on the Ravens if I had to take a side here. I just think they're the better team, even though they're beat up. They are the better team, more consistent, um, but hard for me to pick a side here. Total 46.5. I would look towards the under. You can get that, obviously, at minus 110. I would take the under. I just think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I know both teams can put up points when healthy. The Ravens are, I think, a much better team. But they're not healthy. They're on the road. Uh, they're going to be running the ball a lot. Um, and not really sure that either team could put up a ton of points tonight. So uh, I would look at the under 46 and a half. 
Regarding the Camara props, uh, I saw a receiving of 41 and a half, a rushing of 62 and a half, and a receiving plus rushing of 110 and a half. I would probably lean to the receiving plus rushing of 110 and a half over that, and then maybe the over 62 and a half rushing yards. Because uh, I just think if he if he can get that rushing prop, if you can get the sixty two and a half, you could also get the eighty or ninety uh, or over hundred. He's hit that number three of his last four games. So his first four games of the year, uh, he didn't play in two of them, and then the others he only got. I'm just pulling out the stats here. Uh, he didn't have very many carries in the first. He had nine in the first and fifteen in the second, but um, the second game he played where he got sixty one yards. Then he sat out week four, and then week five, six, seven, and eight he got. 23 rushes for 103 yards, 19 rushes for 99, 11 rushes for 49, and 18 for 62. So he hit that number in two of the four and right on 62, the total 62 and a half and another one. Uh, and then his receiving numbers in those games were 91 yards, six catches, 91 yards, six catches for 25 yards, seven catches for 56, and nine for 96. So he eclipsed the 41 and a half rushing in three of those four games, uh, receiving in three of those four games. So uh, they're obviously throwing the ball to him more. He's got receptions of six, six, seven, and nine. So I'd expect him to get another six or seven around there at least. Uh, I just think he can get to the rushing prop. He can get the 60 uh, and he can get well through that. And with his receiving, he may get six or seven targets. Um, but does he get to the 42 and a half or 41 and a half? I'm not completely sure. Uh, Baltimore does have a pretty strong D. So, like I said, if anything, I would lean the over in the rushing total of 62.5 or the receptions plus rushing total of 110. So, we'll jump into the NBA. Uh, big slate in the NBA, which I find it odd, 15 games. So, everybody in the NBA pretty almost is going. Uh, you think they'd lay off a little on the first night of NCAA. Or, frankly, you think the NCAA probably would have skipped tonight. you got Monday Night Football, which is always a huge TV night. And NBA, full slate. Now, you think they'd maybe slide into tomorrow. Uh, however, when we get to the college basketball, you'll see there's a lot of games that are kind of big teams against warm-up teams. So I guess they're not worried about any. There's definitely no marquee games that they're going to be worried about. But 7-10 in the East, we have the Washington Wizards in Charlotte to face the Hornets. Uh, when I, the Hornets come in as one-and-a-half-point favorites. Total here is 214. Um when I look at the injury log, Lamella Ball is obviously still out. Gordon Hayward's out for Charlotte. Cody Martin is doubtful for the Wiz. Bradley, Bradley Beal is out. I heard he's in health, it says health and safety protocols. So he's been out a few times in the last year. I shouldn't laugh at that, but a few times for COVID protocols. Hopefully he doesn't have it, uh, but he seems to be sitting out a fair bit. Either have it or exposure to it. So nonetheless, he is out, and that's about the only name on the Wizards. Um, I'm not really sure which way to go here. Washington's been surprising me, uh, but with Beal out of the lineup, I'd lean Charlotte, I think, uh, as a short, short home favorite, only minus one and a half at home. So I'd probably lean Charlotte. Not really sure which way I'm going to go. Uh, this line has actually dropped. They were two and a half earlier in the day. Uh, so money coming in on Washington, but I think I would go with uh, Charlotte, to be honest with you. 7.15 in the East, we have the Houston Rockets in Orlando to face the Magic. The Magic are five-point favorites, total here, 224. Looking to the injury log for Houston, Jalen Green is probable. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. is questionable. Jabari Smith is probable. And Jay Sean, Ch Jay Sean Tate has 
continuing uh, right ankle soreness. I uh, came back for a few games. Now he's back out. So he is out tonight. Uh, on the Magic side, Cole Anthony's out. Fal- Markel Fultz is out. Gary Harris is out. And Mo Wagner is out. Um, this is kind of the, well, Houston's been god-awful, and Orlando hasn't been a whole lot better. I would lean to um, the home magic in this game, though. 224 total. Can't really touch that. I would lean to the magic. I think they're a slightly better team. Obviously, home home court advantage. And with Jabari Smith out uh, and Porter questionable, Jalen Green, well, it says probable, but if he's out, definitely in the magic. So, again, I'm not on. Uh, not really on a whole lot in the NBA today, but uh, I would lean to magic. Next game is in Detroit, 740 in the East. You have the Oklahoma City Thunder come in to face the Pistons, and OKC is actually a two-point favorite, and just shows you how much the Pistons have been struggling. 223.5 is the total here. On the injury report for the Pistons, Marvin Bagley is out. Uh, Alec Burks is out. Jalen, Jalen Duran says available, uh, but has a left ankle sprain, so he's obviously banged up a little. And OKC has Pogoshevsky out, and other than that, they are uh, well, Chet Holmgren's out, but he's been out all year. So uh, other than that, they're fairly healthy. Uh, I can't really touch this game. Neither team um, neither team has been doing much on the court. If anything, I guess I would lean probably to the home Pistons, uh, but don't really have a whole lot of faith. When you look at OKC, uh, they're doing better than I think people expected. They've lost two in a row, but they're four and five, one and three in the road. Uh, the Pistons are two and eight and two and three at home. They're giving up almost 119 points a game, uh, and OKC is giving up about 112. So defense has obviously been an issue. I just think you're at home uh, catching two points. Uh, I think the Pistons would probably be the play, but not going to be not not going to be anything I'm going to be on. 7:45 East. We have New Orleans in Indiana to play the Pacers. You got the Pelicans on the road as minus five. Point favorites. Total here is 234. Obviously, a lot of points will be scored. Anytime the uh, paces are playing, there's going to be a lot of points because they don't really believe in defense. Uh, and the Pels like to score. So, you look at the Pacers. Also, I think outperforming what people have thought four and five in the year, two and two at home. Uh, but like I said, they're scoring almost 116 points, but they're giving up 117.6 per game, uh, which is very weak. On the other side, you've got the Pelicans who just pulling up their numbers, coming at five and four in a season, sitting in seventh in the West, three and three on the road. So you've got two teams that aren't really big on playing defense. A lot of points can be scored. And I'm actually on a prop in this game. I'm looking at a prop. And that's for Indy Tyrese Halliburton. So in, they come in uh, with a point total of 114 and a half, an implied point total of 114 and a half for the Pacers. And Halliburton, I'm looking at his over points, rebound, and assist of 33 and a half. Um, or potentially in 19, uh, 19 and a half points. I get that at minus 110. These points rebound assist was closer to minus 130. He's been scoring a lot. Uh, he's obviously their lead um, lead dog out there, so to speak. And in a game where I think there could be a lot of points, yeah, they're five-point underdogs, but they are at home. Uh, I think he can definitely get to this mark. He's been averaging just over 19 points a game. Uh, and he's gotten to this. He's gotten to his, the points, rebounds, and assists prop of 33 and a half. He's hit that in seven of his nine games. His 19 and a half point total prop, he's hitting six of nine. Uh, so, you know, I like the points, rebound, and assists because if the bucket isn't, if the ball isn't falling, he can at least make up for that elsewhere. Uh, it's priced a little steep at minus 130. So I might wait on that, see if I can get that a little better. But I uh, definitely like the Tyrese Halliburton over 33 and a half 
Um, I saw a 34 and a half closer to 110. That might be a little more appealing. Uh, but if you can get anywhere around one, minus 115, 120, I would take the 33 and a half for sure. Next game of the night is in Philly, where the Phoenix Suns comes in. Comes in at two and a half point favorites over the home 76ers. Total here is 214 and a half, so defensive battle. That should be expected. Uh, the Suns lead the West at seven and two. Uh, only two games in the road, one and one. Uh, and the 76ers are struggling this year, to say the least. Four and six in the season, one and four at home, uh, which is shocking because uh, it's usually a bit of a uh, uh, an advantage being in Philly. Just trying to pull up their logs. Um, one second here. All right, sorry about that. My computer was freezing there for a second only. Uh, the big thing here is for the 76ers, and Joel, Joel Embiid is listed as questionable in my most recent injury report. So I do like Phoenix. Uh, I took them at minus two earlier in the day, and with Embiid questionable, if he's out, I think this is going to go up to probably three and a half or four. Uh, but he's listed as questionable. James Harden obviously is out. Uh, on the Phoenix side, Cam Johnson's out. Cameron Payne is questionable. Uh, DeAndre Ayton is back, although he's not doing much now that he's back, but he's back. Uh, so I like the Suns. Even at minus two and a half, I would take the Suns. I would probably take them up to three. Um, but before you drop, before you take them minus three, this game's at 8 10 in the East. I would wait to injury news in a beat if he is out. Or you hear he's out, jump on that as soon as you can, because it's probably going to go to three and a half, I would think, if not four. Uh, if he's questionable, it might even come back down to minus two. But I like the Suns. 76ers are just in a bit of disarray. Harden's out. If Embiid's out, uh, they're going to throw out their B lineup, and I don't think they, ca- they can keep up with the Suns. Next game, 8-15 these. We have the Milwaukee Bucks in Atlanta. The Bucks come in four-point favorites uh, to the Hawks. This should actually be, I think, probably the best, most competitive game of the night. Total here is 226 and a half. Uh, I'm not in this game. Giannis uh, is expected to be back for Atlanta. Let me see. We've got Trey Young questionable, but I think he's expected to play. Giannis is probable. And uh, that's about it. Well, Chris Middleton is out still. So if either one of those guys are out, I think this line moves a fair bit. Um, I would lean the Bucks. They're coming in undefeated. Uh, even though they're on the road, I would lean the Bucks here. If this gets up to four and a half or above, I would probably switch that to Atlanta. And obviously, if Trey Young is out, uh, this line's going to go up a few few more points in favor of the Bucks. So uh, if I had to lean, I would lean the Bucks at minus four, total 226 and a half. I'd probably uh, stay away from that. Uh, the Bucks are good. Both teams can score, obviously, and both Bucks can play defense. I'm not sure. I want to touch that line. 840 in the East with the Portland Trailblazers in Miami to play the Heat. The Heat are favored by 6, 217 and a half. The total, uh, which is kind of what you expect in the Heat game with their solid defense. On the injury report, Tyler Hero is listed as questionable. Other than that, uh, U7 and Oladipo are out, but not major factors. Uh, Josh Hart for Portland is probable. Damian Lillard is questionable. That's obviously a big factor, as is Anthony Simons. So uh, if those guys are out, I think this line goes to probably seven and a half or eight. Very the Heat uh, with them playing. I would lean the Heat. Don't really want to lay six points. The Heat have been playing well, but not great. They're obviously better at home. Uh, you can get the money line at minus 235. That's a little steep. Uh, but I might almost look at that just for kind of a cheap bet if you want some action on this game. I don't like laying six points the way the Heat are playing at home right now. So next game of that, 845 in the East, has the Raptors in Chicago to play the Bulls. 
And the Home Bulls are two-and-a-half-point favorites. These guys played in Toronto yesterday uh, with the Raps pulling out a win and cover. Total here is 220-and-a-half, a uh, a little higher than I would have thought, but I guess in back-to-back, some tired legs, maybe get some more late-game buckets. So for the Bulls, Lonzo Ball remains out. Drummond is doubtful. Zach Levine is questionable. Kobe White, Kobe White is out for the Raptors. Um, Pascal Siakam is out, as is Ken Burch. So uh, if Levine is back, I see this line probably moving even more. We're at minus two and a half right now for the Bulls. I would lean the Bulls back-to-back. Raps won in Toronto. Uh, I think the Bulls will win in Chicago. Uh, one bucket game at minus two and a half. I would lean Chicago. Um just because Siakam, Siakam's back and Levine, well, neither of them played yesterday, but with Siakam out, the, the Raptors struggle a little more. They run such a tight lineup uh, with their starters play so much, and they just don't have a lot of faith in their bench, so someone's going to have to continue to replace him. And I think Chicago, especially with Levine back in the lineup, uh, can win at home. They're always a tough out at home, so I would lean the Bulls in that game. At 9-10 in the East, we have the Celtics and the Grizzlies uh, squaring off. Boston is three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Total here, 231-and-a-half, which if you rewound this 12 months, I guarantee you that total probably would have been about 15 points lower. Neither of these teams are playing defense, which has been kind of a, uh, um, not a hallmark, but it's a bit of a staple for Boston in, in recent years. Uh, not anymore, apparently. They are fairly healthy, and on the Grizz side, you have Stephen Adams questionable. And that's about it. Obviously, Danny Green and Jaron Jackson Jr. remain out. Um, but that's pretty much the only injury. This game, I'm not really sure which way to go either. Um, if anything, I would maybe look to a Desmond Bain over 19.5 points prop. He uh, he has his, hit this prop in, I think, his last four games now. He struggled out of the gate, but he's finally found his stroke. And at first, when you look against Boston, I wouldn't take anybody really, on a, usually on a, on a scoring prop. But the way they've been playing defense um, makes me reconsider that. When I pull up defensive efficiencies, so offensive efficiency so far to date with the Hollinger team stats um, through ESPN, Boston is actually the number one team in offensive, effic- offensive efficiency, and Memphis is number seven, which means they're scoring and they're scoring a lot. Uh, flip that to defensive efficiency, and this is what shocks me. When you get down to the bottom, 30 teams in the league, um, Boston is number 22, and Memphis is number 23. Uh, yeah, Boston's number 22, and Memphis is actually tied with Washington for number 23 of 30. Memphis, yeah, I can see that. I would expect them they're usually more mid-pack, but Boston is usually top echelon of the league defensively, and they're just not now. But they're scoring like like crazy, as is Memphis. So um, not really sure which way I want to go in this game. I think Boston's a better team. I don't like laying three and a half points on the road, especially in Memphis. It's maybe a Desmond Bain uh, scoring prop. Like I said, over 19 and a half. It was around minus 110. Uh, I think you can get there. They've implied total uh, in this game of about 113 and a half for Memphis. So there's going to be some points. Not a crazy number for Memphis, but a uh, a decent number. And with him and Jaw going, they're kind of their key scorers. So I could see him getting there. 9.15 in the East. We have the Knicks in Minnesota to play the T-Wolves. Timberwolves come in two and a half point favorites. Total here, 235. Uh, I like the T-Wolves here. Knicks have been playing well. Uh, better than I thought they were going to. Come in four and five. They're one and three in the road. Uh, averaging 114.5 points for giving up 116 a game. The T-Wolves are doing their usual, to me, inconsistent thing. 5-5 uh, five and five in the season, 4-3 and three at home. 
114, just about 114 and a half, 414 against. So uh, I think they're, as long as Carl Anthony Towns is there, I think they're always going to be like this. Some games they look great. Uh, some games they play the defense optional role. And you can see that with a total of 235 uh, on the game. Maybe a Knicks team total here. I'm not sure which way to go. I like, you know, to me, this game's kind of a toss up, but you favor, especially in the NBA, Minnesota's at home. So they get the three-point bump, uh, but they're only getting two and a half here. So, you know, I guess that's the market saying. In a neutral court, the Knicks are probably about a half point better. I know it's not a standard three-point uh, bump in the line uh, every NBA home court, um, but I think it's kind of generally accepted it's around there. So I would lean the T-Wolves at home, but not really touching this game. Next game of the night has uh, 940 in the East, has the Denver Nuggets in San Antonio. Nuggets come in seven and a half point favorite total here, 234 and a half. And just another game, I don't know which way to go here. San Antonio uh, has really underperformed. Well, they, they've lost three in a row. They're five. They, they came out of the gates fairly quick uh, and surprised me uh, with a few good wins early in the year. And then they've kind of flopped. Lost three in a row, five and five in the season, uh, two and three at home. And you get Denver six and three in the season, two and three away. On the road, uh, Denver scoring about 116 points a game, giving up about 114 and a half. And San Antonio, this is what really surprised me, not the 113, just over 113 scoring. They're giving up 121 points uh, per game. And that is not a Greg Popovich defense at all. Again, when I look at the defensive efficiency per Hollinger stats, they are the second worst. Only the Detroit Pistons are worse than them. They're even worse than Indiana and Houston. So two teams who give up a lot of points. So uh, Denver favored by seven and a half here. It's just on the road, though. I, mean, I would definitely take Denver straight up. Uh, I'm not sure I want to want to lay that many points on the road. Two thirty-four and a half uh, is a big number too. If anything, I would probably as bad as I just said the Spurs are. I think I'd look to the under. I can see Denver getting up. Uh, and I don't think the Spurs have it in them to maybe come back in the fourth quarter, so rest Jokic and the starters and just co- coast to an easy victory and come in under that 234. So we've got four games left in the NBA. We're going to take a quick break, uh, get back to those, and then we're going to hit the hit the hard court in college ball. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. All right, let's continue along in the NBA. Next game, 945 East with the Brooklyn Nets in Dallas to play the Mavericks. Mavericks, six-point favorites. 216.5 is the total here. And I think we know all what's going on in New York with the Brooklyn, uh, with the Nets and the Kyrie Irving situation. So we won't touch on that, but out for the Nets, obviously Irving. Uh, Kessler Edwards is out. Ben Simmons is back, but probably be on a bit of a, a limits restriction. So I just don't like the Nets lineup they're, they're, they're trotting out there. I'd be on Dallas. Minus six, a little too high for me. If this were in the four and a half, five range, I'd be more keen. Uh, it's just a hard lean for me right now. 216 and a half. Uh, can't really touch that either. Kyrie's in there. I think that's a fair bit higher. 
you just never know with Brooklyn, though, are they going to get blown out and just mail it in and, and rest KD? Or is he going to go off and have a 35-40 point game and blow over this total? So anything, I would be on Dallas minus six. 10-10 in the East. We have Sacramento and Golden State to face the Warriors. The Warriors come in eight-point favorites. Total here, 234.5. Out for the Warriors is Dante DiVincenzo and Iguodala, but he's been out, I think, all year. I'm not even sure if he's played. Um, and I don't see anybody for Sacramento, which anybody, no, anybody at all, actually, on their list. So that's a good sign for them. Uh, Golden State struggled a little bit last week. I think it was... Um, if anything, though, I've got to be on the Warriors, but with their limiting their starters, I could see them getting up and then just coasting and Sacramento getting a backdoor cover here. Sacramento's been um, decent this year. They've been sticking in games, and they come in 3-5 and five overall, but 2-2 two and two on the road, won their last game. I don't think they give the uh, – Golden State a run here, but Golden State just seems to be, I mean, they're only, Golden State's only three and seven overall, uh, lost five straight. So they are struggling. Everybody's back. Everybody's healthy. We all know what they can do. Um, so not going to touch, not going to touch the eight point spread because they could win by 20. Um, but what I was looking at was a Keegan Murray for Sacramento over 10 and a half points total. Uh, he's been starting lately. He struggled the last couple games, came under that. And I think he could easily get back to uh, over that. And in this game where 234 points are expected to be scored, so Sacramento's got a, a 113.5 point total. Uh, so they're going to put up points, and he can definitely be part of that. I'm just trying to pull up his stats here, his recent stats. Um, I know when he was inserted into the starting lineup, he hit this number for a few games in a row, and then he's pulled off. So I think he can get back there yet. Yeah, when I look at... So the point total here is over 10 and a half. So he went five games in a row of hitting that 19 points, 16 points, 18 points, 22 points, 12 points. So hit it quite easily. All, all games he played over 30 minutes, well, uh, over 32 minutes, actually. The last two lost to Miami, played 27 minutes, seven points. And then a couple nights ago, 24 points against Orlando. Uh, and he only had three points. Uh, so are they down on him? No, I just think he's a rookie. He's going to have that up and down trend to his season. And, uh, you know, if Golden State gets up, I don't know that he's someone they put on the bench. And if they're, and if he's, and if he's shooting well, I think that was a problem in the couple games, the last couple games, he was shot was off. So he, he got replaced and didn't quite get the minutes. I don't think that's Sacramento's philosophy going forward. They're going to give him as much time. They want to lose and they want their kids to play. So I don't think if he has a bad shooting night or two, it's going to put him on the bench. So I could see him getting back in the flow and getting that over 10 and a half points. Second last game of the night is in Utah where the Lakers are in town. Both teams on a back-to-back and the usual cast of characters are on the list, uh, the injury list. Anthony Davis, probable LeBron is out. Dennis Schroeder's out. Lonnie Walker is out. Um, Pat Beverly is out. And for Utah, Vanderbilt is questionable. Utah's been playing well. Um, beat the Clippers last night. Six and a half. I would lean. I, I was leaning to, towards Utah at six a little while ago. Um, moved up to six and a half literally in the last hour. So I think you probably don't want to go much above seven. Um, I don't know. I'm just not a fan of the way Anthony Davis is playing. LeBron can carry this team, but he's out. Westbrook's back in the starting rotation. 
So Utah minus six and a half. I'd be on minus six. I'd definitely be on total 227. Not going to touch the total. Last game of the night is in also in, L, or is in L.A. where the Clippers play the Cleveland Cavaliers, both teams on a back-to-back. And we have Cleveland coming in four and a half point. Favorite total here is 213. Uh, you have for Cleveland, pretty healthy uh, lineup. Everybody in for the Clippers. Reggie Jackson's out. And Luke Kennard is, or sorry, Reggie Jackson and Luke Kennard are questionable. Kawhi is obviously out. John Wall is out. So uh, Paul George is in, which is a big thing. And I like Cleveland. The way they're playing, um, you know, they, they beat the Lakers yesterday, but the, Lake, the Clippers are, my, I believe, much better than the Lakers. Uh, although they've been fairly inconsistent, to say the least, uh, this season. I do like, when I look at the Clippers, 5-5 five and five overall, uh, shockingly just 1-3 and three at home, which is kind of strange. I find that. Uh, but Cleveland has been playing well. Darius Garland is back. They're 8-1 overall, 4-1 and one on the road. They've won 8 straight. Do they keep that rolling tonight? I don't know. Uh, probably. I just think laying 4.5 against Paul George uh, is a little bit much. If I had to, I would try and wait. This game starts 10:40 in the East. I'd try and wait and see if you can get it down to maybe four. Probably not going to get there, so probably stay away from me. But I would lean the Cavs. Um, but not exactly sure I want to jump on this line. So that is the NBA. Now we cruise to, and like I said before, we're not going to hit all 199 odd games in college basketball, but. This fella is very excited for what's coming down the pipe. First day of the season, ton of games, ton of interesting games, ton of lineups. I can't wait to see. I just want to see what they look like, what they do, even if they're playing against uh, well inferior competition. First game out of the shoot. Uh, I missed the Gonzaga game. They were 40.4. I think they closed 44-point favorites. They were 40 most of the day and got up to 44, and they covered that action. Not Gonzaga. I'm sorry. Uh, Baylor. And they covered that. Um, so if you're on that, congrats to you. First game, 6.30 in the East. I, uh, LaSalle is at Villanova. Villanova's 15-point favorite. Total here, 136.5. And the story with um, – well, LaSalle is uh, predicted to be number 15 of 15 teams by most, by most publications in the Atlantic 10. Atlantic 10 is a very competitive division. division. Uh, LaSalle has struggled for a number of years, fired their coach, brought in 73-year-old Fran Dumfrey, uh, fantastic coach. Um, not sure that at that age it's going to be one. I, I, I don't know. I uh, just I, I have a hard time wondering how you connect with young kids these days at that age. Uh, but that's not the side I'm on for this game. It's just Villanova. They're, they've replaced, obviously, Jay Wright, uh, Hall of Fame coach Jay Wright, uh, with Kyle Neptune. Now, Kyle Nep- Neptune was an assistant for eight years under Jay Wright at Villanova, then left to be a head coach at Fordham last year, came back. Um, so he knows the system. They've lost Colin Gillespie. They've lost some players, uh, but they've also kept a lot on board. And if you know Villanova, it's very much about the culture. So I don't think they really lose a lot. Most publications have them to come first or second. Uh, most experts have them first or second in the Big East. So there still should be a powerhouse. They've got a few injuries. Justin Moore is injured, who is a key part of their team. So they are not going to – it's going to be interesting to watch them because they're not going to be firing in all cylinders for a couple months, I don't think. So they've got a hell of a schedule coming up, a couple of big tournaments. And I think they could have a weaker record than most people predict, and they'll be like, yep, Jay Wright's gone, Kyle Neptune's not the guy, yada, yada, yada. That ain't going to be the case. I think come – 
come January, February, when they're healthy, watch their lineup, watch how they play. And I think they could be right back fighting for a number one or two seed in the tournament, which means they're top six to eight teams in the country. Uh, I think they're that good still. So uh, to beat Vill- to beat LaSalle by 15, I'm on that. So I'm on, I'm on Villanova minus 15. 136 and a half. I'm also on the under. One of uh, Jay Wright's trademarks was great defensive teams that play slow. Villanova always played slow. So I don't know if that's going to be Kyle Neptune's MO going forward, but it's going to be, I think, his MO to start the season. A, they're a little banged up, and B, his returning players all know that system. So I think they're going to play slow. LaSalle is not a great offensive team. I can see this being an easy Nova win in a low-scoring game. So I'm on Villanova minus 15. And I'm also on under 137.5. I think I said 136.5. I got it earlier to say 137.5. So anywhere around 137, 136 and a half. I'm on the under Villanova. Next game, 6.30 in the East. Purdue-Fort Wayne travels just up the road to Michigan. Face the Wolverines. Uh, Michigan comes in 15.5 point favorites, 152 exactly the total. I'm on the Wolverines. Uh, a lot of publications, a lot of people have these guys in the – uh, top 20 and winning, winning potentially the big 10. I don't know that they win the big 10. Uh, I think the big 10 is a dog fight between three or four teams, but they're one of them. And, uh, they got as good a chance. I know Joan Howard's kids. there going to be starting. This is what I mean. I want to see this team play. I want to see what they can do. Uh, their big man's coming back from last year. So I PFW, I, you know, in the, uh, Purdue Fort Wayne, I don't think we'll match up. Maybe keep it close early. I think Michigan pulls away. And first game at home, I don't think they're going to be one to put, take their foot off the gas uh, against the local rival. So I've got the Wolverines minus 15 and a half, and I think they win this by closer to 18, 20 points. Strolling down, I mean, as I said, I'm not, going to, I'm not going to touch on every game. Kent State is at Northern Kentucky. Kent State was a plus one now. I saw them about plus one and a half, plus two yesterday, actually. Total here, 137 and a half. Uh, I actually like Kent State. I'm not on this game. Uh, you know, money line, you can get a minus 105, so almost even money. If you could ever get that at plus 100, I'd probably be jumping on Kent State. I think it's going to be an interesting game. Very few games are, are uh, one-point spreads, two or even three-point spreads today. Uh, but I think Kent State could win on the road here. Interesting start to the season. 7 o'clock, we have Manhattan at VCU. VCU comes in 22.5-point favorites. And I glossed over this game until I, the last couple of days until I did a little bit more research. And here's the angle here. I'm not really that back in VCU. Manhattan um, fired their coach about two weeks ago. Uh, his assistant coach comes in to take over. And he's parted ways with the team in the last few days. They've had a few players transfer out. So, I, you know, I, this game probably would have been a 15-point spread to begin with anyways. Um, but you can't have your coach you can't fire a coach two weeks before the season starts, have another guy come in who's the assistant, and then have him leave, have players on the team leave, and expect to perform at all against a decent team like VCU. So I'm looking at it. I'm not there yet. Um, but if you want to take a flyer, VCU is probably not a bad play at 22 and a half points. I mean, this could be a complete bloodbath. Again, regularly, I wouldn't expect that. Manhattan's not a great team. VCU isn't a dominant team, but when you've got that kind of disarray, I mean, these kids won't even know what they're doing on the floor. Uh, I can see VCU coming out here and winning by 30. So food for thought. I'm not on it, but food for thought. Uh, Scrolling down, I've got Pennsylvania, 7 o'clock, Pennsylvania at Iona. And I'm actually on 
uh, Iona minus six. It jumped to minus six and a half. I'd still be on Iona here. Total of 148 and a half. So Rick Pitino coaches uh, Iona. The veteran Rick Pitino. Uh, six players returning, but three of them are starters. And he's got six new players, but five freshmen. And he does have an incredible defensive player, Nelly Jr. Joseph, 6'9 Jr. Uh, he was the MAAC All-Star, uh, first team All-Star last year. And he's not even the best defensive player in their team. So they play a strong, hard game. Play well defensively. Obviously, Rick Pitino is a very good coach. Like him or dislike him for what he's done in the past, the guy can coach. Uh, and he's probably at a level below his coaching uh, with Iona, but he does a good job there. And Penn's an interesting team. Uh, they're expected to be number one in the Ivy League. They're usually the best team in the Ivy League. Uh, but they went 12-16 and 16 last year. I think the, you know, the Ivy League didn't play during COVID. They came back at an odd year. Not an odd year, but they didn't didn't really excel the the, the non-conference games. So I think the Ivy League's down a little these days. And um, he returns most of his rotation, but I just don't think they're up to the level of Iona, uh, who's going to contend for a MAAC title. And I think early in the year, they're going to be a little more tight. Um, they're going to be returning most of their players, most of their production, both teams. But I just think Iona's stronger. So at minus six, which I got them earlier, even minus six and a half, uh, I'd be on Iona here. I am on Iona. Robert Morris travels to Ohio State, and they are 20-point underdogs. Total here, 137.5. I'd actually be on old Bobby Moe here. 20-point uh, favorites. I, 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 Ohio State's a better team, for sure. Uh, they're going to be very good. I don't think they're contending for the Big Ten title, uh, but they're going to be in a lot of games. They're going to have some big upset wins, I think, when conference play gets going. Uh, I just think that they're going to be looking past Robert Morris. Like a lot of these big spreads, I don't think Robert Morris is terrible. Uh, they had a lot of turnover last year, uh, a lot of chaos during the season. I think that's settled down. And I think you'll see a team that has kind of nothing to lose going full speed and probably keep it close um, with the Buckeyes. They won't win, but I could see them keeping it, keeping it with 15, within 15 points. Next game, seven in the East. I think this is one of the better games in the slate. South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits, head into Akron to play the Zips. And I was uh, this is probably the first game I was on when I was breaking down this slate. And uh, not something that probably most people would look to. Uh, but Akron, three-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm on uh, 143.5 total. I'm on actually Akron at minus three-and-a-half. And, a half. and uh, the reason being, San Diego State, is a fun team to watch. I mean, they are aptly named Jackrabbits because they run. They play incredibly fast. That whole Summit Conference, if you want to see fast, defenseless ba uh, basketball, check out that conference. They all shoot threes. They all have great shooting numbers. They all have terrible defense numbers against three-point shots. So San Diego, uh, South Dakota State won the conference regular season, won the tournament the last couple of years. Everybody expects them to walk through and probably do the same this year. Um, in, in the same way they did before by shooting a ton of threes and playing really fast. They returned six of their nine uh, players from last year's, last year's roster. Uh, and everybody thinks, well, that's great. And these guys, and they all have fairly good three point shooting percentages. The problem is the three, they don't return represented 48% of their scoring last year, including their best player, Baylor Shireman. Uh, who transferred out, and that was a huge loss. He was a fantastic best player in the Summit League last year, definitely. Um, and he's going to have, a, I think he's in Creighton now, uh, a heck of a year this year. Uh, but they don't have him. 
So, yeah, they got a lot of guys who have shot decent from three, but when your big guns aren't there anymore, including that kind of stud, uh, you're gonna, I think you're going to take a step back. And I just don't see them being as strong as they um, – they'll be strong in the summit. Um, but I remember digging deep last year in some of the numbers in the summit. Some of these teams have great three-point shooting percentages. Against other teams in the summit, when you took them out of conference, their numbers weren't quite – their numbers were good, but they weren't as strong. Akron, on the other hand – um, most people have them top three, uh, top two or three in, in the Mac and they go four deep at guard. So they have run a very, well, very deep. They have, they have the ability to rotate a lot of players. They have the ability to go small, not going to have to go big against South Dakota tonight. Uh, ability to transfer, uh, ability to run a lot of, um, plays, run a small lineup who can generate some offense and also defend. And they transfer in Trendon. Uh, Hankerson, I think it is, from Northern Illinois, which is odd, another guy from Mac, but they transferred him in. And he was a three-year starter there. So they just got deeper. They had a deep rotation to start. They just got deeper. I just think they're a better team. They play in the Mac, which is a better conference in the Summit, uh, returning a lot of their players who were key contributors to their team last year. So laying three and a half points, I'm on the zips over South Dakota State. This is going to be a fun one to watch, though. A uh, bit of contrasting styles. Total 143.5. I was leaning towards the under because I think Akron can slow them down. Uh, but if I'm wrong, this, this thing could end up at 170, so I stayed away from the total. Um, scrolling down, we have Tennessee Tech laying, catching 36 points at Tennessee. A lot of people really have on the volunteers this year. Uh, I'm a... I'm a I'm not, you know, Rick Barnes is a good coach, but it comes down to what's, what it's always come down to with him. He's got to prove it. Uh, he's had some struggles in the tournament and, that, and that's a knock on him. I kind of feel bad because everybody dumps on him because he hasn't won in the tournament, though he's had good regular seasons. Uh, but that's irrelevant tonight. Laying 36 points a few too many for me. If anything, in an in school, you know, this would be te- ten, Tennessee Tech's Super Bowl. They'll be as up for this as they are for, are up for any game during the year. So laying 36 points is a little much for me. A definite stay away. Uh, scrolling down, trying to find the next game that I was on here. Some interesting ones. Ohio and Belmont. Belmont now uh, transfer out of the Missouri Valley. This should be a good game. Uh, I, I actually like Ohio. They're plus six. Total here is 145. I would be on the Bobcats. Uh, I think Belmont's going to have to prove that um, they are as good as they've been the last few years in the new conference. Texas State comes in 12.5 point favorite or underdogs at Washington State. Uh, total here, 135.5. I kind of like Wazoo here. I know a lot of people are talking about Texas State. Uh, I just think Wazoo has a depth, and they're going to be a little bit better and, and uh, have been there before, so to speak. Scrolling down the board, lots of interesting games. Memphis and Vanderbilt, 8 o'clock. Penny Hardaway's Memphis Tigers, two-point favorites on the road at Mandy, 139.5. Uh, this line has moved. It was minus one earlier, and I would take Memphis. I know I see a lot of people talking about Vandy. Uh, I know Memphis has lost a few key players. Uh, but I think the knock on Penny of being a bad coach went away when uh, the second half of the year rolled around. They did fairly well last season. And I actually liked them a bit of the dark horse in the tournament. They let me down. They only got, I think, two rounds, maybe three. Uh, but I like Memphis, and I like what he's doing there. And at two-point favorites, I like them on the road. Eh, a little tough, but I don't know that Vandy at this time of the year is a, a tough place to play. So uh, I take Memphis at minus two on the road there. Uh, Kansas. Opens as a 33.5-point favorite over Nebraska-Omaha. Uh, my, anal- my analysis on this is, uh, yeah, quite simple, no comment. This will be a blowout. Uh, Kansas can run the score up. 
Uh, it's Bill Self in his. Oh wait, Bill Self isn't playing. This is his. He's got a four-game uh, self-imposed ban. Go figure. He misses Nebraska, Omaha. Uh, so regardless, they'll win. They should win easy. Arkansas, twenty-two and a half point favorite over North Dakota State. Total here one forty-two. Uh, Arkansas, as they always do under uh, Musselman, have a full new, not a full, a, a huge transfer transfer portal roster. Uh, I actually wonder if North Dakota State is to play here. I think they are 22 and a half. Arkansas is a way better team. If this game were played in three months from now, the spread would probably be 30 points. But who knows what they have. And a few practices and a couple of pseudo-exhibition games under their belt. Uh, I think you look towards North Dakota State. Houston, uh, who a lot of people think is a top four team and number one seed in the tournament. 23 and a half point favorites hosting Northern Colorado. Total is 140. I would actually, if anything, look to the under 140. Uh, Houston is a very good defensive team traditionally. And at a big spread like this, they get up early. They'll lock things down. Sure, the the starters will be on the bench. Uh, But I don't think you will be on the floor if you can't play defense at Houston this year. So Northern Colorado, no matter who they're facing, going to be challenged to score. Uh, I would look to Houston minus 23 and a half. They're just that good. And I would look to the under 140. Uh, Scrolling down the board more, we get Florida 26 and a half point favorite over Stony Brook. Total here, 143 and a half. Not really sure I back the Gators here. That's a huge number. Stony Brook is is not a great team, but Florida has got a few guys coming in as well. Bit of transition there. I would look to Stony Brook plus 26 and a half, but definitely not a game I'm on. Uh, There's just so many games here and so many, I think, interesting interesting plays. And as we go down a little further, nine, there we go, nine o'clock in the east. Eastern Illinois is in Illinois to face the Illini. The Illini commands 31.5 point favorite total here, 134. I'm actually on Eastern Illinois. Illinois Illini. Uh, have some Kofi Cockburn is out. Uh, got some new faces in the line. Uh, big transfer in. And I think they're going to be a good team. A lot of people pick them to win the Big Ten or at least be in contention this year. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to get there yet, even as an Illini fan. But laying 31.5 points with a new roster with a lot of moving parts is not something I want to do. I also think if they do get up, which they should get up, uh, they, they're going to see what, who they have there. They're going to start moving guys around. So I'm on Eastern Illinois at plus 31 and a half. I'm on, um, stroll, scrolling down even further here. I'm trying to find the next game that I'm on. Uh, some interesting games moving the, out west. Oral Roberts finds himself plus nine at St. Mary's. 141 and a half is the total here. Uh, I'm not there yet, but I'm actually leaning towards Oral Roberts. St. Mary's has had a bunch of turnover, uh, kind of underperforming. You know, it's always them and Gonzaga. And then who are they playing after that? I always wonder. Oral Roberts did well last year and came on late in the year. Uh, I think this program's moving in the right direction. I think nine points is a few too many to lay. Uh, it's just, if this were another half a point or point, I'd be in Oral Roberts. But right now, I'm just going to watch it for the time being. Uh, a couple other games I'm looking at late is, I uh, missed this one, uh, nine in the East. Gonzaga is 29.5 point favorites over North Florida, 159.5 is the total. I took the Zags, 29.5 points is a huge number, but Gonzaga, when they blow teams out, they blow them out of the gym. And uh, it tends to be their MO at the start of the year. They just thump teams and thump them easy. So I'm on them at minus 20.5 or even minus 30, I'm on them. Um, last, second last game of the night has Sacramento State and UCLA. UCLA is 25-point favorite, 135 is the total. I would lean lean, lean to the under, uh, and I was looking at UCLA, 
Um, but I just don't know that they're going to be putting putting the screws to, any, to anybody by that much. They're going to get up. Uh, they're going to want to see what they have. They're just one of those teams that, you know, they're not like Gonzaga. When Gonzaga gets up, they blow you out by 30, 40, 50 points. Kansas can do that. Kentucky can do that. Duke will do that. Uh, I just don't know that UCLA does it. They've had the ability. Sure, they do. But that's not kind of uh, what they've done in the past. So 25 points, that's a little tough. Um, not sure I'm going to go that deep. So that's kind of my uh, take on the board tonight. I uh, like Gonzaga. Looking at Oral Roberts, like Eastern Illinois. Uh, like Iona minus six, Akron minus three and a half, Duke minus 16, Michigan minus 15 and a half, Villanova minus 15, and Villanova under 137 and a half. So number of plays there, a couple plays in the NBA, uh, some leans in the NFL. Quickly to hit the ice in the NHL, just three games. Calgary is in New York to face Islanders. You can get the Flames at minus 125, the Islanders at plus 105. Total here is six. I would lean Calgary, uh, even on the road, minus 125 is a pretty reasonable price. Uh, next game is St. Louis and Boston to play the Bruins. You can get the home Bruins at minus 200, St. Louis at plus 170. Total here is six and a half. Uh, juice to the under at minus 125. Um, St. Louis has been giving up a lot of shots, a lot of shots and a lot of goals. I don't know if I'd go that. I'd maybe look to a Bruins goal total, which you're going to get at, what, three and a half there? Maybe four. Um, I like Boston. Minus 200 is a big number to lay, but I like Boston fairly easily in this game. And... I just don't know. Well, the maybe look through this. Over six and a half is plus 105. That's a pretty juicy number. Uh, not sure I can get there if you want to take a bit of a chance. So I look through the Bruins at minus 200. Next game, the, the last game of the night is Oilers are in Washington. The Oilers are minus 165 favorites. The home Washington Capitals plus 145. Total here, six and a half. Juice to the under, minus 115. Um, the way the Oilers are playing and rolling, I like the Oilers. Uh, I don't like going against Washington, but they haven't been as strong this year. I think they'll pick it up and they'll get things going. So I would lean the Oilers at minus 165. Again, pretty big number. Uh, I don't, this, this is always a challenge with hockey. I like the Flames at 125. I think that's a reasonable number. But the Bruins I like a lot, minus 200. And the Oilers I kind of like, minus 165. Hard to get there. And those goal totals I'm not sure either. Uh, the Edmonton-Washington over 6.5, minus 105. I think that's probably a pretty decent price. Washington, we know, can score with Ovechkin, and the Oilers can score as much as anybody in the NHL can score. So probably a pretty decent price there at minus 105. they got to get the seven goals, but if anybody can, these two teams certainly can. So if this wasn't a busy night in sports, I don't know what is. This is one of the longest podcasts I've done for a while, so if you're still sticking around, I appreciate it. Uh, before I go, though, do you want to remind you of one of the partners we have here at Sports Ethos is Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com, and when you check out, use the code HOOPBALL20. That's HOOPBALL20. Get 20% off your order and free shipping. And as I said earlier, check out Thrive Fantasy. And if you haven't already, go to sportsethos.com. Find out all our information there. Hope you have a good night on the busiest night of the year in sports. Hope you have some plays. Hope you make some money. And we'll chat with you tomorrow. <laughs>